Barbecue Life Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Actually, it's, uh, I guess, good evening, Matt. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday evening. I'm looking at my watch right now. It is 9:25 on Tuesday night after the election. Literally just got the res- the final results in, yep. but the the unofficial final results in from one of the candidates who was kind enough to share it with us. So we will have that. We'll be going over that shortly in the show. But uh, Matt, before that, we've got a couple other topics we want to make everyone aware of. I think uh, two of them. Uh, I don't know if anybody's heard yet. But before we talk about the winners and losers from tonight, let's talk about the winning team of Team Couch. Our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience with over 25,000 closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. And right now is a great time to list your home going into spring, the beginning of summer, more sunshine, weather getting better is a great time to list your home. Right now, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Again, they are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you when you need them. They've been voted DeSoto's best realtors multiple times. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com as our 2021 presenting sponsor. Our election show this evening recorded at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's knives, rubs, cutting boards, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, and some really cool high-end smokers, Malcolm's Shop is your place. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Better yet, visit them on Memphis Street, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Thank you again to How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, Matt, before we get to the election results, uh, as we mentioned, two or three things we kind of want to reach out and look at. First one being, uh, we have been sent information by State Senator Mike McClendon, kind of shared some information that the Senate approved kind of toward the end of the session. This has to do with some of the money that is coming in for cities and counties, kind of looking at some projects that they could be used for. It looks like Hernando will be getting, well, Hernando and the Hernando area will be getting two new stoplights. The first one will be at 51 and Oak Grove Road. So 51 Oak Grove Road, uh, he said that the Senate has awarded $250,000 for a traffic signal right there at that at that intersection. Right. We all are aware of it. We're, if you go to school sure. at Oak Grove, if you go to Conquer Park, you know that's kind of a bad turn. Traffic will back up, coming from the ball fields, it'll back up. It's needed to stop white. Well, they, they've already set aside $250,000 for a traffic signal right there. He was assured that there will be more added next year to reach the total of $750,000. So $750,000 project, 250 is already put aside. 
side. The other 500 will be awarded next year, earmarked for only that project. So that's so when you say news. that. Pro- when you say that project, you're talking about that particular stoplight. That particular stoplight. Are you telling me a stoplight costs almost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, they'll probably have to do. Some, I mean, that's a that's a pretty. I mean, some like work a hill there. coming okay. down. They have to do okay. probably some the, the, the streets themselves. Maybe there's, there's some sight lines that are bad coming sure. up that hill. Sure. So I'm sure they'll have to do some work with that. But seven hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars for that project. That's good news. Yeah. All right, and the other one, another stoplight. It looks like we'll be getting one at Pleasant Hill and uh, Getwell. Okay. Now, this is county money. That's technically right at the board of Hernando. Of course, if you include the south side right there at that stop sign, that is Hernando. It's Hernando in the county at this time. That's right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, Hernando, the Hernando border is right there at Pleasant Correct. Hill. Yes. So this is will be county money. So remember, the county got $35 million we, we mentioned on our podcast last week. There'll be a million dollars going to the county for Get Well at Pleasant Hill for that stoplight. Two great projects, sorely needed in DeSoto County. Just found out you know, within the last week or so that this will be coming to us. Uh, some of the money has already been earmarked, set aside. The rest of it promised to come next session. Now, that doesn't mean we're getting a stoplight next month. Right. Obviously, the, the money's not here. It's going to come sometime next year, but they have approved the projects, starting to get the funding. So great news over the next year or so uh, for Hernando at both uh, intersections. So projects, both projects probably happen in 2020. 22 at least a start maybe i mean so if, if you know assuming they signed i at the you know march 31st next year right. the money's approved and i would start well of course that that money being approved would not start until july 1st of 2022 so i would say sometime between july 1st 2022 to june 30th of 2023 okay so regardless two new red lights two new stoplights will be happening right there oak grove and 51 and pleasant hill and get well both affect us uh, right here under the water tower so that's pretty neat a lot of people would probably agree with the 51 and oak grove i mean i've sat there and what Waited for uh, quite a while, especially around you know school going out or you know starting and, and going out uh, time. So that's that's a needed thing. And again, you said that both of these were proposed by and kind of set up with uh, by Mike McClendon. Yeah, all these are in District One, Senate District One, which is okay. what he's the the state senator. Derek, something else Mike McClendon talked about in uh, his interview with us earlier this year. He visited with us a little bit about annexation. Talked about the people being an- annexed there, maybe at Bridgetown or that type of stuff. We had talked earlier this year about Olive Branch growing from an annexation plan their annexation would have made them the second largest city land-wise to the city of jackson mississippi you have some information on that some changes to that we went from what to what go ahead and tell us all right so the this is released by the county uh, earlier this week uh, actually yesterday it says in a ruling uh, on monday the city of olive branch uh, will be enlarged by roughly 50%. So it will increase by 50%. Now, the city had wanted to petition 41 square miles. So they want, I mean, it was a pretty large swath sure. of county that they were trying to bring into the city of Olive Branch. But after this, you know, there were lawsuits filed. Uh, it was sent before the uh, chancellor. Chancellor per- or Percy Lynchard was the one who listened to the case, heard the case. Uh, city of Hernando, this is uh, pertinent to the city of Hernando because the city of Hernando did object to some of the uh, annexation. He did approve. Uh, some of the annexation but only approved 18 and a half square miles right. of the 41 that was requested. Uh, this includes the Center Hill area, Belmore Lakes, and areas surrounding Bridgeforth Road, which are currently served by the Olive Branch Fire Department. So he did allow anything being currently served by the Olive Branch Fire Department. Obviously, that makes sense to let them have it annexed. Uh, it was an eight-day trial. Uh, DeSoto County and the city of Hernando, they recognized Olive Branch's right to expand, but both of them objected to the size of the uh, of the annexation. I think it took a lot of that into consideration. It seems like the, the couple of the supervisors were interviewed. They were happy with, with kind of the way that he ruled. You know, I don't know. Hadn't heard from the city of Olive Branch yet. Of course, they're still reviewing uh, the finding, and you know they didn't have a comment at the time of this press release. Again, I think it's um, it does not take in the Lewisburg School. Uh, it's all the neighborhoods surrounding the Lewisburg School currently are left out. So basically, which if you go, they were trying to. 
They were trying to. Wow, now yeah. it does go down. Uh, it does. If you go south of College Road, it does go down Craft Road some, kind of diagonal over, but it does stop before it gets to Lewisburg and all those neighborhoods surrounding Lewisburg. Lewisburg remains county. That's right, Lewisburg. The school remains in the county, right there at Craft Road and 269. So please look online. It is posted. Uh, there's a uh, a map. You'll see. I think there's actually got three maps. They got a map of the current. They have a map of the approved annexation area, which is like kind of red diagonal lines. And then there's another map that shows what was actually requested, which was left fully red, but obviously is no longer, um, it's mainly most of the stuff kind of basically between the two annexed areas, you'll see a large swath of county that was also included, that that's what the uh, Percy Lynch ruled against. Well, Derek, I think one of the uh, main things right here that we can notice, Bridgetown was not annexed. Bridgetown was part of the possible annexation. Uh, a lot of people from Bridgetown are, are you know, considered are, are old Hernando. Right. You know, so Bridgetown, that would and have so been a big Bridgeforth deal. Road is north of that. Right. Um, so it, it stops right there at College Road. Bridgeforth Road are kind of the same road. Right. So Bridgetown is still in the county. That that did remain. It seemed like Olive Branch was getting a little bit greedy <laughs> land-wise. He made some in his comments, in, in, in Percy, uh, Judge Lynch's comments, he was talking about that they cannot stop by law if, sure. if, they, if they're serving fire, if they can prove that they can handle it, if they've got the money to do it, you can't really stop a city from doing it. Now, he did kind of admonish the state. He said, hey, look, this needs to be changed. Right. And now, Olive Branch is not wrong. They're doing what is in the right to do. The people need to petition the state or their, their state senators or their state house representatives to say, hey, look, we need to change this because – we don't have a lot of rights here. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if Olive Branch is going to serve me. I don't know if I want to pay those city taxes and maybe a cop car drives here once every other week. Those are all the questions, but currently they do have it. But I do think he ruled correctly that, wait, this is too much at one time. Right. Uh, this is only like the third time that Olive Branch has expanded in a, a few decade time period. So this is not something that's usual. I think the last one was done about 10 or 15 years ago. So I, I think that he ruled correctly. Center Hill makes sense. I do want to you know, a push. Go to OB Pod. They're going to have a researching this uh, deeply. They're actually talking to people, and they'll have a lot more of information from the Olive Branch side of this uh, on their show on Monday. So please find their show next Monday if you're interested in it. But as for Hernando, it really kept the Bridgetown area out. Yes. Uh, everything, there's a little swat that goes kind of down close to 269, but mainly everything back to Bridgeforth Road, that college road kind of cut through was left alone at this time, and that's kind of what Hernando was objecting right. you know, uh, against. And I know what Mike McClendon was saying in, in his interview months ago was the possibility of trying to work with the state to have people like Bridgetown and that type of stuff that maybe are in an annexation plan to have a right to vote whether they want to be annexed or not. Right now they kind of have no say-so or is something he had a concern about. And, 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 and you know, Bridgetown's in a tough area because Hernando's working his way toward Pleasant Hill. Sure. South Haven right now stops, was it, uh, is it Austin Road? That's just north, just north of the Christmas tree farm. Right. So it comes down Star Landing, stops right there. So that part Malone, of the middle. Malone Road on the east side. Right. So that part in the middle is Nesbitt. Then now you've got Olive Branch just, you know, taking in a little more all the way down to College Road. I mean, they're starting to get squeezed. Sure. sure. So at some point, you know, I don't know if you can carve out a perfect area and call that Nesbitt by itself right. at some point in 20 years from now. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm all for them fighting as long as I can to only pay just the county tax. Because sure. if I lived in the county, I would only want to pay the county right. tax. Right, and there's a lot of people that listen to this show right now that live right outside the Hernando City limits. I mean, you know, period. They're, they've chosen to live in – outside the county they've chosen to uh to not be a part of any municipality uh whether it be right here under the water tower or olive branch south haven so I mean, those people certainly have rights to uh their future um olive branch annexation uh, definitely changed so go uh, seek that out try and find what that map looks like 
as you mentioned, Derek, today is uh, was election day, and so this is kind of an election special. But the Hernando Board of Aldermen, <laughs> kind of funny, they did have an actual meeting last night. Kind of really felt sorry for uh, some of the aldermen that had to, you know, get together at six o'clock and, and, and do some business there uh, in the city hall. You know, not a whole lot going on. We will be discussing what did happen. If there's any kind of talking points or bullet points, all of those people were working very hard yesterday, so not a lot came out of the uh, Hernando Aldermen meeting uh, for the night. So we're going to catch that up on, on Friday. We typically preview on Tuesdays, talk about everything on Fridays, but what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about things on Friday. You know, again, it was about a 40-minute meeting or so, not a whole lot of stuff going on, and those people were working uh, hard campaigning all day long. That's right, Matt. I mean, looking at the agenda, I mean, the consent agenda obviously takes up the entire front page with a couple other things. There may be some conversations that happen, and again, we'll report that on Friday. Also, be checking with the South Haven agenda, and we'll watch that uh, online, and we'll have any any of those news, any breakdowns back to our, I guess, you know, normal format on Friday. We'll go down through that, and uh, anything that breaks from that, you will hear it here on the UTW podcast. Derek, I've made joke after joke for the last 60, 60 to 90 days about the alderman or mayor or a different thing. Uh, when they were done with this election, they may be looking for a vacation. And if you're looking to make memories with your family, reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419 or their website, greenkingspray.com. They're my lawn service. They should be your lawn service. And remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek, speaking of Alderman Elections, podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance Agency is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for auto, life, home, and business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Angie, Sherry, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. Well, Matt, it is Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. As we do every Tuesday, we're going to visit the DeSoto County 
fact of the week. Brought to you by DeSoto County Museum right here on Commerce Street in Hernando. Across from Area 51 Ice Cream and Blue Ribbon Cleaners. Uh, both of those businesses currently are not advertisers of ours, but they do get a weekly shout out for us because most people know where those businesses are. DeSoto County Museum is located directly across the street. Rob Long and his staff would love to show you around, would love to visit with your family, would love to talk to you more about DeSoto County and the wonderful exhibits we have at the DeSoto County Museum. This week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week is what, Derek? Matt, we had to stick with the theme for tonight. This week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week is we wanted to announce the first mayor and the first board of aldermen for the city of Hernando. The first mayor of Hernando was Henry D. Samuels, and the aldermen were Benjamin B. Newburn, William Caldwell, Felix Lebove, and Robert Atkinson. The constable was that was elected was Joseph K. Payne. And Matt, let me tell you this. Uh, we got the, the notes from the, or the minutes from that first meeting. The Newtown board went right to work, and two weeks later, the Hernando Free Press printed 19 Newtown ordinances. So the board came in, immediately passed 19 to, uh, town ordinances. The first one, this is the first law ever written in Hernando's books, was any person driving a cart, dray, or wagon, or riding a horse within the corporation faster than a trot shall pay one and not more than $3 for each and every offense. So, Matt, they had speeding law. The first law they put on the book of Hernando was to uh, not speed. You cannot speed. They had posted the speed limit of a trot, and you would be fined anywhere from $1 to $3, the first law by the uh, mayor and board of aldermen for the city of Hernando. Tell me what a dray is. I mean, I like Dr. Dre. Man, I mean, I grew Dr. up to that. Dr. Dre, uh, man. Look, <laughs> Sorry, Rob Long. We're kind of taking over this. <laughs> him, him and Snoop. Come on now. Um, I'm just saying, what's a Dre? A, a Dre, Matt, is a truck or cart for delivering beer barrels or other heavy loads, especially a low one without sides. Okay. That is a Dre. That's a- so <laughs> so you have your Dre. You're, you're, you're bringing your beer across town. We all know if you have beer in the car, you sure. probably do not want to be speeding past a trot. No, you just want to be trotting. You just, want to be trotting, you just want to be trotting, or less than a trotting, not trotter, not, no tr- yeah, not, not a trotter, not, yeah, not the not FDC, <laughs> trot, not, not a trotter. No, we're saying a trot. Very interesting. Again, like we're doing, we're, we're following the theme of tonight's episode, which consists of the 2021 Hernando elections. Well, thank you to Rob Long and the DeSoto County Museum uh, staff for helping us with our DeSoto County Fact of the Week for this week. Again, playing off of the uh, theme of tonight's show, which consists of the 2021 election. Can you imagine the first mayor and alderman telling them, trying, having to explain to them what YouTube is? <laughs> And then you, you know, YouTube, a TV first, exactly. or radio, yeah, no or a phonograph. Right, they're still, they're still hauling beer across the beer barrels, beer across barrel. the thing. So, again, shout out to Rob Long, the Soda County Museum right here. Just an amazing asset to the city of Hernando, amazing asset to the Soda County. Get over there and visit with Rob and his team at the Soda County Museum as soon as you can. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, right here on Commerce Street in Hernando. Speaking of assets to the city of Hernando, glad to welcome in our latest advertiser, Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and agriculture traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh local experience. Hernando Farmer's Market will be starting their season Saturday, May 1st. It will be open each Saturday from May through October from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on the Hernando Town Square. For more information, reach out to Gia Matheny, the Community Development Director, at 662-449-9092. That's 662 662- 
449-9092 for Gia Matheny, the Community Development Director. Again, Hernando Farmers Market will start Saturday, May 1st and run each Saturday through October. Thank you so much for Hernando Farmers Market for advertising with the UTW Podcast. North Point will be holding their final open house opportunity this Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. Have you been waiting for the right time to attend? Don't miss the final open house opportunity to preview the point. To register your attendance on April 11th, call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5137. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Don't delay. Register today. That number again is 662-349-5127. They can't wait to meet you and have you join their North Point family. Are you looking for someone to take care of your lawn this spring and summer? Now's a perfect time to reach out to Richard and his team at Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's lawn care, winter cleanup, leaf removal, tree trimming, if you need anything outside of your home or outside with your land, now's the perfect time to reach out to Richard. You can find him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and call them at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, we've teased it enough. We've talked about uh, just a number of different things. I know a lot of people are tuning into today's episode to learn more about our feelings when it comes to the uh, elections here in Hernando. And that's what we're going to visit about. Uh, Derek, I had no less than since our last, actually probably in the last two weeks, you know, Alderman at Large uh, interview uh, release, the mayor candidate interview release. Uh, we, I probably had no less than 25 people say, thank you guys for doing that in the world of no debate. Thank you for putting you know both voices, all the voices on the same episode and letting us hear their thoughts about Hernando, their thoughts about the vision for the future of Hernando. So we certainly appreciate all the listeners, the supporters for, for continuing to support us and encourage us because, Derek, we, we talk about it, we joke around, we have advertisers, we do different stuff. But when people pull us aside and say, man, I really appreciate I did not know about something, that's the reason we do this here under the Water Tower on the UTW Podcast. And I agree, and I think, you know, I'm glad that everybody is responding well. I think this happened um you know it 
I guess, a good time for us. It, did, it was a little disappointing that we couldn't hear debates and we couldn't get up close and personal with each candidate. Uh, they all did their parts coming door to door uh, and trying to get their word out. But I do think this allowed uh, a lot of people to hear them, uh, especially uh, as the weeks closed in. Maybe it changed their mind or maybe it solidified a vote, but I, I'm glad that we were able to do it uh, and look forward to do it You know, every time there is an election. And as we find out in just a moment, we'll actually be doing it a couple weeks from now with a couple candidates. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as we've said all along, uh, we have not forgotten about Ward 2. We'll be getting to them toward the end of May, uh, getting ready for the general election. Yeah, that's going to be coming up end of May, uh, early June. We're going to start working on Ward 2 and have that out. So we're going to have the same style episode uh, with the Ward 2 candidates, should they choose to come on. I mean, that's let's say that, should they choose to come on. But look, let's go ahead and say it, Derek. Uh, you and I, Hernando residents, um, we joked several times over the podcast, uh, as long as I've lived in Hernando, the only two people that have been mayor of Hernando was Chip Johnson and Tom Ferguson. And that shall continue because they they ran uh, in the election today. Chip Johnson, 57%. And these are unofficial results. These are unofficial results, results, but we're not far off. 1,731 total votes to Tom Ferguson's 1,281. That is a 57% to 43% margin. That's right, Matt. 3,012 people voted. So that was the most of any category, obviously. 3,012 people in the Hernando primary. I think that's a decent turnout. I mean, if, if you go with 20,000 residents, you cut out, you know, obviously the the, not, the people that can't vote because of age. So maybe you're looking at around 10 to 12,000. You have 3,000 of those come out to vote. I mean, 30% turnout, somewhere around there, uh, if you had an official tally. So decent turnout. I mean, you always want, you know, you always want 100%. I'm a little surprised about that. I, I mean, mean I, you, you know, know, 40% would have been amazing. I, I think, yeah, anything, anything yeah, north of 40 would be you know, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, so around 30%. But as you said, 57-43. I, th- I think I've read 3,000 comments on Hernando Happenings well, in the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, from that, you would think, okay, if that's just – I guess everybody that voted also right, commented. Exactly, yes. Chip Johnson is the newly elected mayor of Hernando, Mississippi. Again, rarely do you have a new old mayor. That's a pretty that's a pretty neat story there. Chip Johnson and the new board, which we'll continue in just a second, will take uh, their oath of office. Will take their chairs uh, in the Auburn meetings after July first. July first, well, yeah, the, the first Tuesday after July first. Right. right, the first Tuesday after July first. So, congratulations to uh, Chip Johnson for his victory tonight in the uh, like you said the primary election for the city of Fernando. Tom Ferguson, uh, what a nice gentleman. He sat down with us now two times. Definitely a friend of the podcast. Uh, Tom Ferguson is is a good guy, uh, and and you know we want to congratulate him. On, on his run as well. Tom did. I mean, got out there, got, was getting the word out late. You know, obviously, he mentioned how he was born and raised here, so he's not going anywhere. He'll still right. be around. I hope that he continues to help the community out the best way, best way he can, in any way he can. I've turned it back to, I'm sure, doing some type of uh, aviation training again. Sure. Uh, but just really glad. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he could serve the Hernando for the four years. Really do appreciate the service that he gave, sure. the time, the the blood, sweat, and tears that all mayors have to endure. And so we just want to thank Mayor Ferguson uh, for doing that. And, of course, he will continue up, up to the July 1st date. And I want to congratulate uh, Chip Johnson on being mayor again, mayor-elect again. Absolutely. And, Derek, speaking of being born and raised here, uh, Doc Harris sat down with us about three weeks ago for uh, his interview, born and raised in Hernando. Doc Harris, your alderman at large, elected 1,594 votes. That's 1,594 to 1,342. So exactly 250 more votes. Doc Harris over Jeff Hobbs. Jeff Hobbs is the longtime alderman, current alderman for Ward 6. We've had some redistricting and, and changing some different things. Jeff Hobbs was vying for alderman at large, but unfortunately, Doc Harris, 1594 versus 1342, wins by 250 votes. Mr. Harris uh, sat down with us, a wonderful interview about three weeks ago. A nice gentleman, born and raised here in Hernando, and I uh, certainly want to wish him well. 
Yeah, 54-46 percentage that worked out on that, so a little closer than the mayor's race. Right. Also interesting that less people voted. 2,936 voted for the alderman at large compared to the mayor of 2012. So about 80 less, uh, which is kind of interesting. So that means people just chose not to vote for that sure. race. Just said, so, you know, skip. <laughs> just skip. Skip. Got, the, got the mayor done. I'm going to turn it in. Congratulations to Doc Harris. And thank you again to Jeff Hobbs. You know, 12 years on the board, did what he thought was best for the city. What do you want to say? I mean, he was elected three times. Right. Uh, and so this time, you know, and you know, he, I he mentioned on here, mentioned off record that he had no ill will toward Doc either Absolutely. way. Uh, and I think they ran a good, a pretty good, clean race. I didn't sure. see really any negative comments back and forth between Jeff and, and Doc. I really do appreciate that. So, uh, again, congratulations to Doc Harris for another four years. And thank you uh, to Jeff Hobbs for all that he's done uh, to this point for the city. Derek, is now the time for me to tell the UTW podcast listeners that I have written your name in to everything from the Soda County Corner <laughs> yeah. to uh, to Alderman. I've, I've written you in for a number, number of different well, things. Well, yes, you've told me that before. And so <laughs> as you, we get these totals and you see a right and a four, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, please nobody lose. Very, yeah, please yeah. nobody lose by two votes or one vote well, and there's exactly. a right and a four. Well, de- <laughs> let me tell you, definitely not losing by one or two votes. Miss Natalie Lynch, 73 to 27. Natalie Lynch had a heck of a showing in Ward 1. I know Natalie worked hard. Uh, not to say Mr. Tong did not work hard. I'm not say, I'm not saying that. But Natalie Lynch, absolutely, she's our biggest winner tonight by far. So congratulations to Natalie Lynch. She's our newest alderman. I mean, she, she was she was right. an incumbent to a sword. I mean, right. she had to, been yeah, there for yes. uh, just over three months. Right. Difficult situation. She comes in. She's the alderman of Ward 1. We all know we've talked about it on the podcast numerous times uh, how she is the water, alderman of Ward 1. But when it's all said and done, the last 90 days, she's worked as hard as anybody uh 3327 322 votes to 117 so natalie lynch definitely i actually had an opportunity to speak with natalie last night a simple quote from her was fairly simple she wanted to say thank you to the constituents of ward one she's honored and, and it's a privilege to serve and she's looking forward to the next four years this war had 439 people turn out and what we'll notice is that was the least number of turnout right. for the right. well for the five wards that actually the primary this is a republican primary so uh for the five wards uh you know we'll say that uh, jared marshall you know, he had 269, but, again, we're going to skip up Ward 2 because we'll deal with that in June. Uh, but 439 people, so the least uh, of the other five wards, uh, but still, as you mentioned, a, uh, a pretty handily victory of 73-27. Right. I mean, again, that's the biggest, you know, margin of victory in the city of Hernando for tonight's uh, election. Turn our attention now to Ward 3. Three candidates, Dustin Alstein, Robin Cotton and Bruce Robinson were vying for the seat in an alder- for Alderman of Ward 3. Typically, Derek, you have three candidates, you might go to a runoff. Mr. Robinson was able to take care of 56% of the votes. That's 56% of the votes to not have to have a runoff. Uh, you got to get 50.1. Mr. Robinson did a little bit better than that. 56% of the vote. He had 301. Dustin Alstein had 185, and Robin Cotton had 54. So Robin Cotton had 10%, Dustin Alstein 34, and Mr. Robinson 56. So Bruce Robinson is the newly elected alderman of Ward 3 in the city of Fernando. Not, you know, that's that's a pretty tough thing to do is sure. to go ahead and close out a three-candidate race You know, the first time around. Uh, the other two candidates w- were able to muster up 44%, but Bruce took 56% by himself. 540 people voted, and what you're going to see over the next four wards, including this one, is that, that 540 to 560 number, very, very steady. Uh, so pretty equal representation across every uh, all the wards. So 540 for Ward 3, Bruce with 56%, wins it outright, no runoff needed. Congratulate him for his uh, Ward 3 victory. Good, clean race. They all were very good interviews for us uh, on the show. Uh, all had you know different ideas, uh, what they were passionate about, what they were trying to do. So we want to thank them for their time, for putting the time and the money uh, into the race. Of course, this is a retiring spot, so we want to thank uh, Gary Higdon, 
uh, for his years of service uh, on the board to thank him. And we'll do it again, of course, on July 1st when they switch over. But this was a uh, these next all of these that we're going to be talking about uh, are unopposed. You know, they they don't have any incumbents coming back. And right. so this is uh, you know kind of a unique thing when you have four in a row like that. So again, congratulations to Bruce on his win. Derek, you and I live in Ward Three. Gary Higdon has been our alderman since we moved to Hernando. So, uh, Mr. Gary, thank you for your service and thank you for you know loving Hernando and, and doing what you thought was best for Hernando. So, thank you again for your service and congratulations to Bruce for his win. Like you said, it's a very big deal to not go to a runoff, which we'll talk about in just a minute. The next is going to be Ward Four. Ward Four was won fifty-eight to forty-two by Chad Wicker. Chad Wicker with three hundred thirty votes to Mitch Lemons two thirty-eight. That's 238 for Mitch Lemon, 330 for Chad Wicker. Chad took on 58 to 42. So congratulations to Chad Wicker, the newly elected alderman of Ward 4 here in the city of Fernando. 568 people came out to vote for this one. They also read a good clean race. In fact, this was as of the, this recording, as we started this recording, uh, as we mentioned about 37 minutes ago. From the start of that recording, Mitch Lemon was the only one so far who had reached out and officially conceded, thanked Chad for the race, thanked for a good clean race, and just and wished him well. And so I thought that you know just a, an honorable thing to do to do that. And uh, so I do appreciate Mitch for for running the race, coming in here and talking with us, and also reaching out and just you know congratulating his opponent, and just you know just shows the character that he has. So uh, we want to say that, and also again congratulate Chad on his victory. UTW podcast listeners, we have interviewed or gotten to know or sat down with. Sometimes it would me be it would be me interviewing someone. Derek would interview somebody, but every single candidate came on our show to talk about their vision for Hernando. So again, thank you to all of our uh, candidates for being a special part of our first spring right here under the water tower. Moving on, Ward 5, Beth Ron Ross, 353 votes, Miss Leslie Beerman, 193. That's a 65 to 35 margin. Beth Ron Ross will be the newly elected alderman of Ward 5 here in Hernando. Derek, Beth ran four years ago, uh, lost to Miss Kathy Brooks, and so she mentioned that on the on her interview, uh, that it was special to her and that she was definitely uh, felt like she was the right person for the job, and man, 65-35 is, is quite the number. It is. 546 people voted, and I believe she said the last time she lost about right around 45 or 50 right. votes. So, uh, obviously, much closer the last time she ran. You know, we do appreciate Leslie coming in here and sitting down with us, And but, you know, Beth had campaigned basically she's campaigned for five years right, she exactly. campaigned leading up to the last one had her name out there already so kind of had a head start just from a name recognition point especially because ward five really didn't change too much sure. i mean she, they, she picked up a couple areas but you know most of the neighborhoods she had gone through last time so congratulations to her uh i mean she you know came interviewed very well uh, had a lot of good strong ideas and um so looking forward to uh, her next four years on the board and congratulations to Leslie. I interviewed Leslie. What a nice, kind lady. I thoroughly enjoyed our interview with her. But congratulations to Beth Ross, 65-35 percentage-wise winner for the Ward 5 election. Derek, that brings us to the only runoff we're going to have. That brings us to our Ward 6 alderman, Ben Piper. So, Derek, you said 556 people voted in this election. That's correct. Ben, in this ward. In this ward. I'm sorry. In this ward. Ben Piper, 48% at 267 Ryan Diffie, 37% at 208, and then Dale Bellflower had 15% of the votes at 81. These gentlemen will be in a runoff, okay? These gentlemen will be in a runoff April 27th. So if you are in Ward 6, you are not done yet. <laughs> you will be voting again April 27th for this runoff. Again, congratulations to Ben and Ryan as they move on. Uh, Derek had an opportunity to sit down with Mr. Dale. Thank you for his service to his country. A gentleman that was very eager to serve in this role. He, he mentioned several times about having a servant heart, uh, but tonight just was not his night. 
No, and, and again, he ran a great race. And outside of just a couple of issues, I think you know all these races were clean. Uh, they were fair, and this, especially the, most of the wards were. And you know, Dale, he was very passionate. Came in here, uh, you know, got it even emotional a couple of times, and I really do it. I mean, you could see that he really wanted to help out, and not because you know he wanted recognition or anything like that. It was because he really thought he had great ideas to help the city. And so you cannot fault any man who has that, or any woman uh, who has. Uh, those thoughts and those and that passion, uh, but it, it did not work out for him. So the other two, uh, Ben Piper uh, and uh, Ryan Diffie, will be going to a runoff. So uh, out of the 556, you know, so Ben got 48 of the of the 556, 48 percent. Uh, but of course, the other two adding up to 52 does not give him the 50 percent needed, and so they will go again. We will invite both of those on uh, back to the show uh, in two weeks. So we're going to try, you know, the Wednesday before. So the Wednesday before that last Tuesday in in April, we're going to invite them to come back on. Love to have them back on, just to kind of, you know, and we, obviously we're not going to ask the same questions. Sure. We'll kind of talk about how this race was coming up, what it was feel like to know that you had to do this for another three weeks, and then say, okay, you know, what have you learned from going door to door? What things that could put you over to be that next alderman for Ward 6. So we'll have that. We'll invite them on. Hope to have them on here in a couple of weeks for all you in Ward 6. 556 people voted. If that's the only race, it's going to be it's going to be tough. And they understand it's going to be tough to get people back out to the polls in Ward 6. But that's Forest Meadows, Notting Hill, Heritage Oaks, going all the way up to Nesbitt. Sure. If you hear my voice, if you listen to this show, please, please, please go back out on April 27th. This is an important position for your part of the city. And we're going to be pushing this sporadically over the next couple of weeks, but I'm during that show and you're going to hear it the Friday before and you're going to hear it the Tuesday morning of get back out and vote. I'm not saying it has to be 556 again, but don't let it be, you know, decided by a hundred or sure. 150 votes. You know, sure. let, let's, you know, let's, let's have as close to that 556 number we had this time as we can. So again, congratulations to both Ben and for Ron uh, to making the runoff, but it, this is going to be a hard, tough three weeks. We appreciate all the work and effort that you put into it so far and look forward to you know to hearing what you have to say and finding out who will represent that ward in three weeks from now. Congratulations to Ben and Ryan. Uh, you know, good luck to you guys. Again, we're going to invite you guys on. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks. We're going to go on to maybe a little bit deeper questions, uh, maybe talk a little bit about the $3.7 million, Derek, that we've talked about since we've interviewed them. Uh, there's some different things right there we can discuss. So, Derek, let's slow down for one second, and we won't talk on this long. Look, if you tuned in for baseball, this is not going to be your show, okay? We're going to talk uh, – we're going to visit about sports on Friday, but uh, this week is a, is an important time. Uh, today, this show tonight is an important time uh, in the city of Fernando. Chip Johnson, we asked him right here in this chair, "Why do you think you lost?" He was point blank. He said, "Hey, I, I thought, kind of felt like you took it for granted. He was tired, that type of stuff." I thought you did a very good follow up question. It was like, "Well, Chip, if you felt like you were tired after twelve years, is that something you feel like is going to happen again when it's all said and done?" Chip Johnson, two point coming back to Fernando. We asked him and. and, and some questions kind of before we taped and after right. we taped, you know, kind of off the air and, and off the record. But he was pretty honest and said he knows things that probably cost him the loss last time. Okay, yes. And so he talked about maybe having a look at that, make some changes. He's got a new board to work with Very. that is, you know, obviously we, we've read off six of the seven aldermen. We're still waiting on one more. But he this is a different board, sure. a completely different board. We do, as we said all along, we will have five new aldermen. So we'll see how he reacts, what they're wanting, what they're what they want to see from him. Uh, what the questions will be. So he's got, you know, he'll have to kind of meet with them separately. You know, what do they want to see? What are their goals? I and mean, they've mentioned some on here, but they'll have more than that. We also asked both mayor, mayoral candidates about the departments. You know, he'll have to look at each department and go from there. And, and, you know, if he thought, you know, he knows what, or he thinks that he knows what cost him last time. 
Let's hope that it makes those changes, and we're, we're going to support you know whoever the mayor, the board, the entire for you. Know, we're not saying that we won't question things, but we're in full support here. You know, we're going to have him on, you know, throughout the year, maybe what quarterly right. or something right, like sure. that. Love to have him on, and we did have uh, Mayor uh, Ferguson on in November, but with us only starting in August, and then of course the election happened. It was really hard to try to get a, a normally quarterly thing. But I'd love to have the mayor on quarterly, whoever it happens to be, for our show going forward, and just sit down and, and listen. What's the vision? What are you trying to accomplish here? Why did you do this over the last three months? And uh, so I'm really looking forward to having him here sometime soon, you know, in July or August after he starts on the board. Right. And then, of course, every year the mayor usually gives their, their state of the, the city uh, sometime around the December time frame, kind of what happened in the year, usually at the Chamber of Commerce event for that, that quarter. Love to have him around at the same time to come on here and just kind of express that. So, again, congratulations to Chip. Did a good job uh, right. his, his first time, but uh, there are things that obviously people wanted to change. Uh, he says that he has heard that change, and we will hold him to it. Right, and, and look, I had an opportunity to visit with a resident, Fernando, uh, last week. You know, we were discussing the mayor uh, election, some different things. We were talking about that. You know, he was very honest. He goes, look, you know, Chip has an opportunity, uh, really and truly, to maybe fix some things that became problems under Chip. So it's one of those things right there. It's like, hey, if he's willing to – I mean, this is this gentleman was talking about a number of different things. He's, he's dealing with some planning issues and stuff like that. Uh, Chip Johnson has an opportunity to fix some things that started or were created – under the first Chip uh, Johnson administration. Well, when when you get to have to step back and look, and I think all of us will admit, when we get comfortable with something complacent, sure. and then you kind of miss things. I mean, it's things that you would, would have angered you, you're now used to, or you take it for granted. And he's, he mentioned that, but not just taking the seat for granted, taking things, people that work under him for granted, or taking you know situations for granted, or, oh, no, no, well, that's how it's been for the last three or four years, and it seemed to have worked. Well, you know, why change it now? And then when, you know, in his case, he was forced out, or some people may have to step away for sabbatical and other types of positions. They look at it and they're like, okay, no, I'm completely missing that. I missed the boat on that. Or, uh, you know, people were trying to warn me of this and sure. I didn't listen. And now I completely see where they're coming from. He has that chance. Not a lot of us get that second chance. No, absolutely. He has it. And so, you know, we, we'll be pulling for him to, uh, to make the changes, to, you know, lead us forward and uh, just looking forward to the next four years. I kind of feel like when you have an opportunity like this to come back and, and get a job back, which is exactly what has happened right here, to kind of get a job back, you have two choices. You can be bitter or you can be better. Which one's it going to be? Again, congratulations to all the board members, all the, the, the mayor elections, all those different things. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for putting yourself out there. Derek and I want nothing but the best for Hernando, and we look forward to an exciting next four years with a young board, an exciting board, definitely people that sat here in this chair that are ready to serve Hernando, and I think that's what we're excited about. Well, if you enjoy what you hear each and every week, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. I also want to say – also want to say thank you for sharing our show, Hernando Happenings, Facebook, Instagram, all the different places to share. We certainly appreciate that. Want to keep encouraging you to subscribe wherever you hear our voice, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Hit subscribe so you'll know each and every time we release a new show. If you're interested in advertising with the UTW Podcast, now's the time to reach out. Under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Our weekly listeners are more than we've ever had. We continue to grow. I had somebody ask me the other night, are you worried about your, your, your show slowing down after the election? And my thoughts were, 
We're just getting started. And don't forget to listen to our brother podcast, OB Pod. Very simple. OB Pod stands for Olive Branch. If you like what we were just talking about with annexation and so forth, OB Pod is going to deep dive on their next show about the annexation. So definitely an interesting part going on in the county. It affects the county uh, as a whole. So definitely reach out to OB Pod and, and try and pay attention to that show. Derek, before we sign off, and we'll continue to do this as we get closer and closer, you mentioned A-Fair. Friday night of A-Fair, Friday May 14th, Rooster Production, mine and Derek's production company, have partnered with Mississippi Music for a singer-songwriter night right there at the Panola Street Courtyard, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Friday, May 14th. It's a great way to kick off A-Fair. Certainly, we're hoping for 85-degree weather, sunshine, beautiful night, beautiful sunset, an intimate night where singer-songwriters are going to tell you all about their stories, all about their songs. Just going to be an amazing night. Rooster Production right here in Hernando, bringing the arts to Hernando. Only 200 tickets will be available, so get them while you can. Well, we've got the links online. Please find those. Go ahead. You can buy individual tickets. You can buy a VIP tables if you're interested right. in that. All It's all explained on the website. And and part of, portion of the proceeds will be benefiting the DeSoto Arts Council. So really looking forward to that, Matt. That uh, our first show uh, doing the singer songwriter event. Absolutely, Rooster Production, Mona Derek's company, partnering with Mississippi Music. Please find that on our Facebook page. There's definitely some links there. But just going to be a fun night. We've already had numerous people that have mentioned that. Going to get our tickets. I got to get that again. We have VIP tables that you can reserve your friends, your business VIP tables. Only eight of those will be sold, and we're halfway there. So VIP tables will be a Available. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl, same grade as me.